This is April 13th, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. And welcome into the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky. I hope you're having a great day, a great week. Uh, first, I want to shout out my dad. Happy birthday, dad. Uh, it's his birthday today, April 13th. Uh, he would not love for me to say his age, so I will not. Uh, but a big happy birthday to him. Uh, and then, yes, this episode, I think you guys are going to like this episode. Because we'll jump right into it. Uh, obviously, the last bunch of episodes with the Bruins being so mediocre and at some points bad, as in Sunday night losing 8-1, to one, uh, there's been a lot of negativity. Uh, but this episode, because it's the trade deadline episode, and the Bruins had an incredible uh, trade deadline, really one I didn't see coming in a sense. Uh, and I predicted Taylor Hall, but I didn't expect the Mike Riley move and how good it was. I didn't expect the the hall for Taylor Hall. Oh God. I, that was such an unintended pun, but um, I didn't expect that to be as low as it was. So it was a really good trade deadline. So Connor and I get into, you know, why it was so good, how they did it um, and where these guys fit in the lineup. Does this make the Bruins better? Uh, than the Islanders? Does it make them better than the Capitals and the Penguins? You know, are they cup contenders now? So we get into all that in this episode. So I think you're going to like this episode a lot. Um, but before we get into the episode, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA call, uh, and the NHL, as well as the MLB are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV real-time updated odds, and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline is you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Do not forget to use that promo code CLNS50 to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Maybe now's the time to bet on the Bruins. Maybe you think, hey, you know what? Taylor Hall, Mike Riley, Curtis Lazar, team comes back healthy. Get yourself a cup contender there. So maybe you want to go back on them or the Red Sox. Red Sox are doing really well, killing teams. So maybe there you go. So go to bet online now. Uh, don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Bet online, your online sports we experts. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Connor Ryan. <laughs> And we're here with Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up? Evan, doing well. How you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, quite the weekend for me, obviously. UMass wins the national championship uh, Saturday night. I loved, by the way, Jay King's tweet of UMass should win a should win a national championship in a real sport. I was like, this is perfect. Yes. Like that's yeah, that's what I want. See, I love those jokes. I really do. Yes. It's like if you can if you can do that, like you're preparing yourself to get some really bad replies. And I respect that. Like and, you just, you, and usually it's the 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 losers who respond actually seriously. Yes. So. Like no one took no one should have ever taken that seriously. Uh we all know hockey is a very real sport. But yes, national champions. Uh, I was fortunate enough to cover it for the school newspaper at UMass, the Collegian, and uh, NCAA.com. So it was a blast. I, I had a good time covering that. Uh, definitely something I'll remember fondly. Um, you, I, I won't, never mind. I was going to say we both ended our college careers covering a national championship, but you didn't. There, you didn't cover a national championship in 2015. There was no, there was no national championship that year, right? Yeah, it's funny. It's, they just didn't have a tournament. It was weird because, the BU had a good uh, team that year, obviously the Jack Eichel year. Uh, Frozen Four was supposed to be 
at the garden. So like everything, the the stars all aligned for that, and then it just didn't happen. Like they didn't even make an, a no no reason for it. Like I showed up, and it was they didn't even have the the ice out. They didn't even have the parquet. It was just they took everything out. It was nothing there. They stopped you at the door. Said you can't. Yeah, it was, it was it was really weird. Yeah. So uh, what could have been, I guess. Uh, but you know, I'm not I'm not gonna uh, not gonna hop on it. It is what it is. So Evan, congratulations on being the only one here to cover a national championship. I'm sure it was very very fun. Oh, it was. What's funny is uh, before last year, what you just said would have been like the craziest idea. They would have canceled an entire tournament, and last year everything got canceled. Um, but enough no. about you. I know enough about UMass because um, that is. Uh, so I have my Twitter became like UMass hockey Twitter for about like two days. So uh, it's back to the deadline uh, with the Bruins and makes sense. Quite the deadline for the Bruins. Also, another good thing for me, I was right. I, I, I we said that we, we, we went, we went through our predictions earlier, uh, you know, a few weeks ago and we had some doozies, but this prediction I had for this deadline was pretty good. I've been saying for weeks, Taylor Hall should be the guy. Taylor Hall should be the guy. Maybe it's going to be the guy. Um, if you have, if you can do it for under a first round pick, you do it. And that's what they did Sunday night. Uh, I was actually just sitting down with my, uh, with my roommates to watch the Da Vinci code. We were going to watch, uh, why the hell would you be watching the Da Vinci code of, of any visual media? Why did you guys settle? Like, you know what, you know, I'm going to wrap up the weekend. I'm going to watch the, Div- what, what prompted you to watch a Dan Brown novel? Well, so I don't know much about it, but we um we have a list of movies downstairs that we want to watch eventually. And that I guess was on it. And I walked downstairs and they said, Are you gonna watch this? I said, Yeah. Uh and then so I sat there, watched like five minutes of it. I got a text from someone and it was Who's Mike Riley? <laughs> and I said, Damn it, I cannot watch this movie much longer. Um and so I went to Twitter and immediately saw that the Bruins were getting Mike Riley. And like most people, I was like, hmm, Mike Riley, who, who exactly is that? And then I looked up the stats and it was pretty good. And then I came upstairs, filmed a video, saw the Taylor Hall news. I said, I'm not going back down to watch that movie. Um, and you and I filmed that Taylor I don't, I don't, Hall video late. I don't think you missed much. So they were saying it was great. So I think I, I might've missed something. Maybe I got the name wrong, but I think it, it was the Vinci code. Um, with Tom Hanks. So, yes. uh, yeah. Okay. So I have the right movie, um, cause I'm not really that big of a movie buff anyways, but I, the people are waiting for our deadline reaction. Um, they they don't want to hear about the Da Vinci code or, or some people might want to hear about UMass, but I'll save that. Um, my biggest deadline takeaway, cause now the deadline has gone and passed. Obviously everyone coming in was saying, is Don Sweeney alive? What is going on? Um, ironically enough, this is probably his best deadline as GM considering he did not mortgage the future. The Bruins, again, just to recap, only gave up a second, a third in 2022 and Anders Bjork for Taylor Hall, Curtis Lazar, and Mike Riley, who we are both huge, you know, just looking at the numbers, Mike Riley is a steal. The fact that they got that for a third round pick. So do you think this is the best Don Sweeney deadline yet? Uh, I mean, I think it's up there in terms of, I think it all uh, starts with just the return you got. Um, and I think maybe you look at that uh, the trade deadline ahead of 2019 where you get Coyle and Johansson, and obviously the end result, you get to the Game 7 of the Stanley Cup. So it remains to be seen how far this team goes and how much that impacts them. But even if uh, – we kind of hit on this during that quick reaction video we had, but even if 
Taylor Hall doesn't pan out and Curtis Lazar is just a replacement level forward and Mike Riley's uh, great kind of play driving numbers drop down quite a bit going from Ottawa to, to Boston. Even if those things don't work out, which you have to imagine at least one of them is going to hit, if not, hopefully all of them. Um, you still have to imagine that, you know, how, how do you find like really a detractor in a situation based on just what the return was, right? It's you're not giving up a first round pick, which, uh, you know, it's not it's supposed to be a particularly, you know, deep draft, at least compared to what 2022 is. But uh, considering that there's been so few scouts in buildings, uh, considering there's been fewer games for people to watch these prospects, you could very well have the case where a guy who's maybe a top 10, top 15 pick slips down to the 20s or, you know, the, the late 20s. Um, based on just the fact that scouts haven't been at too many games this year. So that first round pick has value this year. Um, and on top of that, you lose a guy in Andrews Bjork who uh, hopefully does well in Buffalo. Hopefully she'll be afforded more minutes on that Buffalo team. I think they're going to need it. Um, but it's not like, you know, this was a trade where even if people maybe were, were fine with letting go of a guy like Jake DeBrusque, uh, I, I think you let Jake DeBrusque go, you still – are cognizant of the fact that he's probably going to be a 20 goal scorer wherever he ends up. Right. Anders Burke doesn't have that same ceiling or at least that same floor maybe as being a guy that, you know, is going to be a 20 goal scorer or a 50 point guy in, in another situation. So, I mean, you could even make the case that Curtis Lazar is an upgrade over Bjork in terms of still bottom six forward, still a good PK or a guy who has five goals on the year. Um, so that already is an upgrade. The fact that you also factor in, you get Taylor Hall on top of that, who, I, again, uh, yeah, he's got two goals in 37 games, but look at all the other ways he impacts the game. Look at how much of a sporting cast he's going to have here in Boston. The fact that he's no longer the guy, which seems like based on his comments today, seems like he's was one of the main reasons why he wanted to come here, right? He's no longer the, the number one uh, featured option that they have to opposing teams have to watch out for. Like, uh, and again, it's not like they're looking for him to all of a sudden be 2018 Taylor Hall scoring 39 goals, right? If he's, you know, if you brought in Taylor Hall this year and it was a full 82 game season and he gave you 60 points, that'd be great. That's what you need on that second line, right? Like they're not, if he becomes his MVP force, that'd be fantastic for the Bruins. This would be even more of a steal. But if he's playing at what he should be and his numbers regress back to the mean where he's just a, uh, you know, established second line winger who's able to score goals, who's able to set up a guy like Craig Smith or Jake DeBrusque or David Posternock. That's all they're looking for. And you got him for pennies on the dollar based on what, what the return is. So I don't know how you want to spin any of these deals as being something that uh, is going to hurt the Bruins because you didn't sacrifice the future to get guys who make this team already this much better and who could be even better going forward. Like you've got a bunch of guys who – if you want to hop on the underlying numbers, pretty damn good and could fit in pretty well here. So I, I don't see the drawback. Yeah. Again, the best case scenario with this team is that all three of these guys they got are net positives and hit and they get Carlo fully healthy, McAvoy fully healthy, Grizzlick fully healthy, Miller may be fully healthy, but if those first three are fully healthy, you're, you know, you're okay. Even if Miller's not and can't play back to backs um, and you get Rask fully healthy, that's best case scenario. And if that happens, that's a cup contender. Like that roster is a cup. Con- that lineup is a cup contender. That 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 roster is one that you have going deep in the playoffs. Um, they're maybe not a favorite, but they could easily contend with that with that lineup. Um, 
as constructed. And we'll get into what the lineup should be uh, when guys are fully healthy. Worst case scenario, you know, those guys aren't, don't come back fully healthy. The D suffers, all that stuff. But you didn't give up much. You didn't. You did not give up a ton. It's not like you're the Capitals right now who gave up a first, uh, Verana, and, you know, legitimate pieces for anti-Manta. Like, y- you you didn't give up much here. You gave up a third, a second, and Anders Bjork, who, again, was never going to get his shot here. You know, everyone expected him to probably go to Seattle, at least I did, and get his shot there. And instead, he gets it in Buffalo. Now, to me, I just look at this as the best case scenario is so much better than the worst case scenario because the worst case scenario isn't that bad. I mean, like you filled holes on this team without giving much up. And I, as a GM, I think that's the best thing you can do. I said this to you last night. I've never seen uh, Don Sweet, you know, someone's approval rating go from like 14% to 94% in the span of like 30 minutes. Uh, but it did because again, like, and and we'll get into this where Taylor Hall should fit in this lineup. Cause I think we agree. Mike Riley should be a top four guy, at least, especially right now. Um, yeah. Number one, he might be top pairing <laughs> right now. So. Yeah. Might be running that power play Tuesday night, but, um, or tonight when people listen, but um, I, let's, let's get into this a little bit. So for a guy like Taylor Hall, I think he's, he's going to play with Krejci to start. I think that that's pretty obvious. He's going to play with David Krejci to start now to me. And you mentioned this to me, either on the, uh, like while we recorded or after, uh, the high danger passes he has. He's second in the NHL, correct? With this? First. First. He's first, first in the NHL with this. For high danger passes. So for, for those who don't maybe understand high danger, basically means you're just getting pucks to high danger areas. So it really comes down to if you're playing with good guys, if you're playing with good players, they're going to finish those chances. Obviously in Buffalo, that, not a lot there. By the way, speaking yeah, Casey, of Buffalo, Casey Middlestad's not a uh, Casey Middlestad's not an established sniper. If you look at some of the guys he was dragging around on those lines, how about the Buffalo just like getting killed in those press conferences on Monday mornings? Well, oh. and and again, pretty much Kevin Adams speaking afterwards is more or less like maybe fleece isn't the right term, but with Taylor Hall really, uh, you know, incorporating that no move clause. They kind of had the hands tied, right? That's I'm sure. Who knows if you know Taylor Hall didn't have a, a first round uh, or didn't have a, a no movement clause? Uh, would the Capitals or someone who gave up that first pick would they move it for a guy like Taylor Hall? You think it's a possibility, right? So the Islanders uh, they were kind of stuck. With, yeah, the Islanders like they were kind of in a stuck between a, a rock and a hard place in terms of uh, getting a return. So. Uh, Buffalo continues to take L's. I mean, it's, it is, it is truly rough up there. And it's sad because again, they, they, they really had no choice with this. This was the only deal they could make. Yeah. Hall only wanted to come here. It also sounds like he wanted to sign here long term in the off season. And it was Sweeney and the Bruins who said, no, that we're not doing long term here. And even, you know, he just recording this just after Sweeney spoke and Sweeney's talked about how, you know, when he was asked about an extension for Hall, it's results is, is, does he fit here? We're not just going to hand him an extension, especially after a year like this. Um, mm. you know, is he going to fit here? Is he going to work? So that's something we're also going to be able to have to watch this off season is whether or not, you know, Taylor Hall wants to be here. He wanted to be here. I think in 2010, when he got drafted, I think he wanted to be here this off season. He wanted to be here. He's wanted to be here forever. Now he's here. Um, you do wonder if this, this environment helps. And it seems like if there's any environment in the NHL wants to be here, He's with really good players, veteran leadership. He's not the guy. He's playing behind Brad Marchand. Like, this is a recipe for success for him. And I think right. this is going to be where, you know, you you sort of see what, how he fits. 
Um, and if this goes well, he might get an extension, you know, so good for him. Now, back on the topic of where he fits in the lineup. The high danger pass is the high danger passes. That's what it's called, right? Passes. So, yeah. So, I mean, again, if you watch some of the highlights, it's a lot of, you know, uh, you know, seam passes into the, into the slot over by the, uh, in the crease areas where ideally it's where if you had a guy there, uh, you'd have a lot of tap ins or, or easy, easy goals pretty much. And he does that very well. A lot of that's off the rush just through transition. So, um, it's a pretty an area that it's funny. Everyone thinks that I, Everyone seems to think that Caleb Hall is like this sniper, but he's only hit 30 goals once. And it was that hot trophy year where you could probably pretty much say that was an outlier. Like, not to say he's not a great player. I think he's got 20-plus goals in six seasons. But he's more of a, you know, a speedy guy who creates offense kind of on the fly, on the rush, um, and kind of helps out his teammates in that regard. So so this is why Krejci obviously makes sense as you fill that up. But also Pasternak on the right side, like the, to me again, you're the high danger passes. He's setting guys up really fast. That that should be the line right there. Like Hall, Krejci, Pasternak should be the line. Um, and we saw in the past couple of games, this Marshan Bergeron, uh, Craig Smith line has worked out really well. Like that line has worked. I think they're outscoring opponents eight to two. Yeah. Uh, at least I checked that before the eight to one yeah. game, but they didn't eight play to together. Two. I don't think in the eight to one game. Um, so eight to two. So to me, I look at that and say, well, there's your top six, at least for to start. Um, I know Joey, uh, Joe McDonald tweeted that it would be um, Hall, Bert, uh, Krejci, and Smith, mm-hmm. I believe. I think he tweeted that. Yeah. Um, and to me, I just think that that doesn't uh, make a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. I think it just makes more sense to put Postrock on the right side. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I think when you look at just the way the, the fit is, I think – if you're able to balance out the, that top six and have Pasternak on another line and have that Smith line together, because it seems like that's a great fit, as you said, that'd be an ideal situation. Um, that being said, I think what Hall brings his team, especially in terms of just his ability to create those high danger looks, um, is it gives Cassidy uh, a whole bunch of different options to turn to, right? Like if they roll out Marshan Berger on Pasternak and Smith, a shot first guy who gets into great A ice, with Hall, it's not like I think anyone's going to be clamoring like, "Oh, what the hell are the Bruins doing?" That's Putting a, a sniper like Craig Smith with Taylor Hall, and you could even make the same argument that you know Don Sweeney said that it could be a situation where Jake DeBrusque is over there on the on the right side. Uh, you know, it's not his ideal position, but hey, he's a guy who likes to get a lot of chances off the rush. I think uh, even if he's out of position, he probably be pretty happy if he gets some odd man rushes with a guy like Taylor Hall, considering his ability to find guys. So. Uh, you know, I think we're probably going to start the air with, or start the Taylor Hall experiment, probably with him and Smith or DeBrus to start it. Um, but it gives Cassidy a lot more options. It's not like, you know, we're hitting a situation where it's, you know, oh, is a second line with a guy like Carson Kuhlman going to work, right? It's all right. Is Frank Smith <laughs> going or, into game seven of the cup with Kuhlman on the yeah, right side of crazy. You know, in, yeah. Is, uh, Taylor Hall going to elevate a guy like Craig Smith or Jake DeBrusque? You'd imagine both those guys are going to do pretty well with him. So uh, even if maybe an ideal situation is just that if Pasternak hits the the ground running with with Taylor Hall is a great scenario in terms of just balancing out that top six. Cassidy has a whole lot of uh, a whole lot more options now, especially just looking at the way he can kind of mix and match. Because I think Hall is going to be able to elevate any one of those guys who 
have the scoring talent. They just need to get those passes down low. So um, we'll kind of see how it all plays out. Yeah. And I think we're going to see a lot of guys with Paul and Krejci. I don't think it's going to be one set thing that kind of continues as we know with Cassidy likes to move those lines around a lot. So I, I do think there's going to be a lot of line tinkering on that right side because you do have some time before the playoffs to see what, what works there. And not to jinx anything, knock on wood for you Bruins fans, there hasn't been a ton of injuries up front. Uh, so there is that at least. You do get to have a solidified, most likely top six. Again, um, Krejci's wings have been cursed now for so many years. It's so weird to think that now it might just be filled, uh, which is a weird thing to think about. But, you know, you mentioned DeBrusque, and we always say DeBrusque, you know, on a Stanley Cup team is probably a third liner. Um, but again, if you're with Hall and Krejci, you're with two guys there who can elevate your game. They're, those are two guys who are going to help, you know, help you get space, help you get uh, good scoring chances. And, you know, maybe that jump starts Jake DeBrusque's production. I know a lot of people are kind of all tied up in the fact that uh, Hall only has one even strength goal this year. And I just think it's so easy to just attribute that to a bad situation of Buffalo. Like, yeah. You're put like that, that is, that is the thing. And he even mentioned today in his heart trophy season, he had a lot of guys, a lot of good guys around him in New Jersey who weren't even as good as the guys they have in Boston now. And I'm not saying yeah. Paul's going to come out and be the MVP caliber guy he was. I don't think he is. And I don't think he needs to be. I think he just needs to be a consistent presence, um, who elevates that second line and makes it so that when the postseason comes around, you're not a one line team like you have been the past few years. Um, so the Taylor Hall thing, I, I think is an A plus. I don't see why that would even be viewed as bad. Um, the only negatives I've seen on it is like, you know, Evan, he's a bum. He's he, a bum because he was he part could, of he's a, a coach a, killer. Yeah. Cause he's part of a shitty Oilers team that promptly drafted Nal Yakupov year after him. So th- that's the one thing that I don't understand with the Hall years, thing. Whatever, whatever it was. It was two it was, years. It was 2013. Yeah, two years, they, yeah. they drafted him or 2012. But, um, what I find so fascinating with that argument. Just look at the teams the guy's been on. The Oilers sucked when he was there. And hockey is not a sport where one guy can change an entire franchise. Look at McDavid out in Edmonton. Like, they have him, Dreisaitl, and they struggle to make the playoffs every year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you have that. Then you go to New Jersey. That, and he, the, the year he, he went off, he, he basically carried them to the playoffs. Uh, and then he goes to Arizona, which is a horrendous situation. And then he goes to Buffalo. Like, do you, do you expect that he's going to go there and they're going to become these winning teams? No. So that's why I, like, I was listening to Felger and Maz just bash uh, Taylor Hall and how he's never won anywhere. And it's like, well, yeah, he's never won anywhere because he's never been anywhere with anybody good around yeah. him. So this is the first. This is the first time he has real teammates and a real team with real culture and, you know, UMass culture right there. Boom. Um, can't, can't, can't forget to shout that out. Uh, if only you, if only the Bruins had Carvel as coach, then, then, you know, Stanley Cups would be endless. Um, but no, I do think this is the right situation. Uh, and then the other two deals, Mike Riley, you know, I, I, I see no problem with that deal. Um, and Curtis Lazar is a depth piece. So, um, that is what the Bruins did at this deadline. Now for the rest of the division, do, do you think now here's the million dollar question. Do you think these deals elevate the Bruins? past the Penguins, past the Capitals, past the Islanders, if they played them in the playoffs. Well, when they play one of them in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I think it's all going to come down to health. Uh, this team, if you get Rask back healthy and you don't have to worry about um, uh, that injury, uh, you know, popping back up, 
Uh, if you get Kahlo back and Grizzlick and McAvoy, then you're in a much better spot. And uh, I don't even want to mention, you know, Andre Koch, it's just in terms of, we don't really know if he's even going to be back. If he's able to, if he was able to come back, like how much that also just helps your options in terms of, you know, your middle six, but I'm not going to put pressure on a guy who's obviously seems like he's really dealing with concussion issues. So, um, but if you get back healthy, I don't see how this team isn't right, right in the mix there. I think the toughest team, the, the team that's going to be the toughest out in the East is the Islanders. I think they're a team that's just built to grind it out in the uh, postseason. Um, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll, I, you look at the Bruins, right? They're definitely in a better spot than they were uh, 12 hours ago, right? 12, 14 hours Who's ago. Who's an 8-1? to like, one? <laughs> Yeah, like uh, they're obviously much better now, even at like this – modest projection, right? Like even if Taylor Hall is still Sabres Taylor Hall, he's still lead, you know, generating high danger looks, you're still in a better spot. And you have to imagine that he's going to, you know, some more of those goals are going to go his way. He's able to, you know, mesh with a guy like Krejci and pick one of Pasternak, Craig Smith, or uh, Jake DeBrusque, who are all proven goal scorers. Um, so I think you're already a better team than you are, uh, you know, uh, a day ago, it's just going to be whether or not I think you gave past the Islanders because, uh, I mean, Capitals make that big move to get Anthony Mantha, but, uh, that team they gave up a ton for that. They, they gave up a ton for it. And I think if you hit them with speed, I think that decor can get exposed. They're big, but we've seen what happens when teams have, you know, a small forward. People always want to talk about, uh, how Tampa, you know, went to the cup because they got all these big guys. Well, Five nine, Braden Point embarrassed you in two out of the last three postseasons. So you need some speed as well, um, which the Bruins have up front. So uh, they can match in there. And also, uh, uh, Washington's goaltending situation does not seem too stout either. Granted, the Bruins don't have two of their guys say. right now. But <laughs> however, if you, if you want to project down the line, uh, that could be cause for concern. Um, so we'll see. I think they're going to be right in the mix. They're obviously a better team than they were. Uh, just a day ago. So we're going to have to end up seeing, um, you know, what comes of it. But I think if you just want to map out the projections, I don't know how you can find any drawbacks with this, with this set of deals. Even, even if you traded Bjork for Lazar, as I said earlier, I think you'd be happy with that deal. Cause you got a guy who helps you in the bottom six, which you could probably could use more of a st- stable guy there on that fourth line with Crowley and Wagner and Frederick. If you add a guy like him to the mix, you're doing pretty well. Oh yeah. You also added the 2018 hot winner, right? Like it's. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I think if they didn't do hall, I think the critique would be, you didn't do enough. You know, you didn't do enough to, to get this team going. You don't believe in this team, but they did enough. They did. I think enough. They did more than I thought they would. Um, and they didn't give up a lot of future, you know, again, you'd love to envision maybe adding another top four defenseman, uh, but it, none got dealt. I mean, maybe a John Merrill, uh, on Sunday, but he, you know, you get dealt for a fifth. It's not really a top four. I mean, it just kind of stabilizes, uh, your defense. So I don't think that, you know, Ekholm never got dealt. Yeah. Uh, Connor Garland never got dealt. Um, so a lot, you know, again, a lot of these guys, you know, were they going to get Eric Goodbranson from the Flyers? Yeah. That, that, that's the thing, right? Where I think you'd be a lot happier if now that they didn't have to use that first round pick. Like I'm not opposed to them not using that first round pick uh, if the opportunity presented itself. Like if Nashville reversed course or they were tanking and they were, they, they offered it for a first uh, top prospect and a, an NHL asset, 
I think if you're the Bruins, you do that because all of a sudden now you've got Riley as your third pair and you got Ekholm. Then I think you're really elevating your game up quite a bit. So unfortunately, it seems like just the market didn't dictate that. But given, you know, what what the market was and what the Bruins had to give up, again, I don't know how you spin this any other way other than the Bruins got better without giving up much of anything. Yeah. I mean, this is a honest to God, this is a pretty, this is an A deadline. Like, I don't know what is wrong with this I, again. And also with the, with getting Lazar, you don't have to expose, you know, maybe a guy you don't want to expose in the, uh, in the expansion draft. So you can expose him. So boom, there you go. Um, so yeah, this deadline I think was a good one for the Bruins. I mean, they're a way better team than they were, as you said, 12 hours ago. So I don't think that, uh, anything's bad. I did not expect this. It's funny. Like, you know, as early as yesterday, it was kind of like, well, this might just be a nothing deadline. Cause I saw the Mike Riley deal and I thought, well, he'll just get Mike Riley. They'll probably go out and get another forward, you know, who's average, like a Curtis Lazar. And that'll be that, especially after an eight, one loss. Mm-hmm. And then they kept Boston awake with Taylor Hall, which was honestly kind of funny seeing all Bruins Twitter waking up or, or, you know, not going to bed just to see like what was about to happen. It must have felt people. It must have been so weird for people who went to bed at like 1030 out. They shut the game off angry, went to bed, said, screw these Bruins. I, I, I'm not, I'm not sticking with them this year. I can't, they're going to break my heart again. And then they go out and they, uh, they do that at the, the 11th hour. Um, but anyways, that is the trade deadline recap. That is our reaction. That is our thoughts. Um, Connor, is there anything that you would like to plug before I let you go? Yeah, we already have a few breakdowns uh, looking at uh, Mike Riley and Taylor Hall and what their value could be to this team. Um, so that's over at BSJ. I'm sure we're going to have more breakdowns this week once we finally see guys like Hall and Riley in action. Um, it's going to be fascinating to see kind of where how the Bruins kind of, you know, restructure that lineup. So uh, all that stuff will be over at bostonsportsjournal.com. So subscribe over at BSJ. If you want to follow me on Twitter for my gifs and musings, uh, you can follow me at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Go do all that. Poor Curtis Lazar, by the way, gets excluded from like everything of this. Like I know. he's dealt with Taylor Hall, but obviously Taylor Hall is the main focus. He's going to, I yeah. feel like he's going to be a, he's going to be a favorite though. If he, if he's a kind of, when your your top highlight is you having eating burgers off the ice, it means the <laughs> guy's just an electric personality, right? So should be interesting to see what happens with him. But uh, that's the deadline. The deadline has come and gone. Um, a great one for the Bruins. I think this is not one that we will look back on in three years and think, wow, they really botched this. I think this is one that we will all say, well, they did everything they could and they didn't worry too much of the future. Uh, for Bruins beat, that was Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. You Bruins beat listeners have an amazing rest of your week.